Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. It's so good to be here with you today. I'm Jenna Layden, the founder of Star Family Wisdom and a former global vice president for Whole Foods Market. And I'm Sinead Willihan, a former special needs educator and inclusivity activist, and now the co-host of the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. And we try to bring you some paradigm-busting news every time we get the chance. We do it here on the podcast through conversations we have with really amazing guests and also between our between ourselves, between each other, about all the things that we're experiencing and witnessing and learning as we go through this hugely pivotal time on planet Earth, which is ripe for opportunity for human evolution. So we had someone with us today that was really amazing, Adam Apollo. This is part two of Adam's interview. Please do not miss part one. It segues so beautifully into part two. And in part two, Adam continues our conversation. We were talking with him about a really wide variety of wonderful topics, actually, we're going to have him back. But one thing that really stuck in my mind for this part two, Jenna, was when he was talking about um, the more, well, talking about going to Burning Man, actually, and he was ex explaining what it's like to be at Burning Man, you know, how it's such an incredible environment. You're on this energetically potent, uh, powerful desert in the middle of nowhere, and people have built structures that they live inside, structures to enjoy music together. It's very uh, sort of primordial and everyone is dressed in the way that they feel truly shows who they are, their true soul expression, their natural expression in this life. So going from that, he was talking about individuality and how we can be individual, wholly individual and be very individuated in this life yet still be part of the one. And so I thought that was so cool because I found in my own personal experience anyway, that the more individual I become, meaning the more authentically myself I become and the more I step into the way I truly am and how I truly want to be in the world, the more connected to the one that I am, right? Which seems so completely contradictory because how yeah. can you do individual, <laughs> you know? But he, he illustrates that so well he, he illustrates so many aspects of duality and so many parallel uh realities that can exist in our lives in moments we have in experiences we have or just in our lives in general and how opposites so-called are always really side by side all the time and we need to include them both as part of the whole so i i just love that i love conversations that are about that any day any day of the week i will talk about duality and how yeah. important it is to embrace all of it yeah and i love how he talks about synchronicity in relation to the burning man experience and how what you just articulated about how when we become more pure expressions of our unique soul energy and embody that and own that fully that facilitates this connectedness experience with the all that is which then facilitates synchronicity right and so he talks about how a burning man all of a sudden you know he's having these synchronistic meetings just quote unquote random which we know are synchronicities right mystic okay. meetings with people that turns out he's had past lives with, right? Or that he could learn something from. And he talks in this part of the episode, the part two of the episode about how he has a list of all these people he has met that he knows he's had other lives with. And so he's been identifying these connections with people, these soul connections. And, you know, it made me reflect on how, again, as we become that 
pure expression of our soul energy, more of who we're really meant to be, as Bashar says, we we then meet the people we're supposed to meet, right? We then find the tribe, we find our people, and um, but that doesn't happen until we allow ourselves to just be our own unique weird selves, as we've talked about before, right? And so it's fun hearing about the nature of synchronicity, the nature of soul bonds. He talks a lot about soul bonds mm-hmm. in part two and about his, I guess, um, his transformation that's occurred, you know, by understanding these prior relationships, how they connect to this life and what is meant to be learned in this life from those connections and, and what's meant to be healed in this life from those connections, right? Cause that's really what we're doing here, right? We're, we're just continuing these, these dramas and these stories and, and, and working to transform the less ideal ones into, you know, more positive experiences. And, and, and we do that through this like weaving, you know, of souls and connections. And it's just such a fun thing to think about. <laughs> It really is. It really is. I mean, he talks a lot. You're, you're referencing weaving. And I love that he referenced that as well. I love that he used that word because there is so much, uh, so much a part of our expression of understanding the universe in our language anyway, is talking about it as a kind of tapestry or a kind of fabric. Right. And I found like he, those images were coming up in my mind as he was talking, because he's talking so much about interconnectedness and how at wholeness, right. And how all these things that are, so seemingly opposite are actually all working together for our benefit, for our highest good. And we have to make use of them. We have to participate. We have to take responsibility for our role and own that and participate in it, you know, consciously and with intention. So, and that's the way to magnify those opportunities that are around us all all the time. He even says, you know, even the darkest, hardest things we go through, there's a lesson. There's something you can get out of it to make yourself stronger or wiser or more powerful. And I could not agree more. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's ultimately the message, right? Like we're here, we're here to do that work, learn lessons, grow, create, have some fun while we're doing it. Ideally. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think he kind of weird to people talking about having fun, right? Because the world is right now seemingly seeming like such a dark, scary place, but experiencing that vibration of joy, laughter, and love is incredibly important. And that's why it's even more important, I think, right, is because having fun and expressing joy and allowing the vibrancy of life to come through us is an act of resistance against what we have been born into, you know, and it's like, we have to do that. Otherwise we don't change it, you know, and that doesn't mean we do that in the face of really awful, you know, horrific things. Like we, we take action and we, we make a difference on the ground. And I also love how Adam talks about that, you know, like he's, he's not the sort of person that is just philosophizing all day. Right. And thinking of really big concepts, like he's also bringing it down to earth and, and, and recognizing that none of that matters if we don't, direct ourselves into action in a way that just makes things better for everyone on the planet. And I just, I love that he brings that perspective too. Me too. Yeah. It's very empowering. It really is very empowering. You know, it's so confusing for so many of us to be going through this experience of, you know, feeling and being aware of the earth, the earth change and Adam's conversation with us is reassuring because it makes you feel like there are tools out there that I can use. There are places I can go to get information. There are people I can talk to. I'm not just lost in this soup of human whatever, you know, so 
yeah, it's it's a wonderful, valuable, valuable conversation. And I'm really looking forward to having him back. I hope everyone really enjoys it. And again, you know, please listen to the part one because you're missing out if you don't, frankly. Yes, yes, they connect in beautiful ways, and um, and I think you're you're gonna enjoy this a lot. We we talk about you know his galactic connections and how that happened. So you know it's not it's not just about transformation here on Earth. You know it's we're we're, we're bridging right. We're we're creating this bridge now that will ultimately lead us to a place where we become a galactic civilization. But we still have our work to do here before that can happen. And so you know Adam's Adam is boots on the ground doing that work to help us get there. So um, enjoy this conversation and have fun. <laughs> That's important too, as we're, as we're doing the work and we'll see you on the other side. See you on this, on the other side, everyone. See you very soon. But, you know, I've, I've met so many women that have had to go through that process of healing and recovery from that, um, which has made me you know, a strong speaker on, on sovereignty and understanding, reclaiming the past and really accepting and acknowledging the kinds of societal traumas that we have imposed upon each other on this planet and, and beyond this planet, by the way, yeah. Um, yeah. and getting to know that, that aspect of ourselves, I think is, truly the most foundational and most important piece of finding a way to a future where we are in peace and in connection and in sovereignty in ourselves and have healed our relational dynamics at a planetary scale. It requires us to accept the past, to receive the gift of the lessons of the past and acknowledge and take responsibility and heal together yeah. yeah i mean what we're being taught so predominantly is avoid move away from it you know covered up with a band-aid covered up with tylenol covered up with alcohol covered up with this yeah. and you were referencing earlier you know the holistic approach to life that it's just not taught to us especially to children even though they innately feel that they come yeah. in with that and then it's gradually chopped away at, right? We come, they become more and more and more fractured the older we get, which is interesting to me in terms of the design of that. I do think it is a design because the older we become, the more life experience we have, the more wisdom and knowledge and intellect we have, the more abilities we have, yet the more fractured we are. Hmm, seems kind of interesting, the timing of that, right? So, you know, the more we're coming into fruition as adults and are more empowered and able to take action independently, have sovereignty, do things, the more disempowered we are. I just think that dichotomy is, is extremely interesting to, to look at and to, to follow. So going back to healing and going back to um, what you were talking about earlier, I had a little follow-up question about your experiences with those three people, sure. those um, spontaneous recalls, because... Yeah you explain the experience, you explain some, some of your background, you know, what led you up to meet people like that and have these kinds of conversations. What happens after that? What happens after both of you go, oh my God, your minds are blown. You know, you perhaps realize that you made an agreement in a past life. Maybe you don't really know what's going on, but you know, it's a, a precious moment, whatever it is. Mm. It's this huge impactful moment. Then what happens afterwards? Are you still in touch with these people? Did you investigate things together? Did you form a club and talk about it? What happened? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot, a lot of things happened. Um, you know, I spoke about how sometimes we repeat patterns of the past to better understand them. And, you know, one of the things that repeated was essentially this, this man that, you know, did this to me then, um, because he, he wanted my woman, he wanted my partner, um, during that life. And so that's why he was attacking me and he had taken her on his ship essentially into the Mediterranean to try to, uh, seduce her. And so he, he, some part of him needed to try to play that out again and essentially be with her. Um, and of course it just took like a one night stand and then that was it. And it was like this whole thing that he needed to process through energetically and I needed to process through energetically and she needed to process through energetically. And, um, you know, and then after that, we actually, we actually became friends for a long time. Like we actually faced the intensity of that. And, um, you know, the, there was one night that was like the really freaking one of the really intense energetic nights of dealing with the energetic battle. And I woke up with hives all over my body. He woke up completely sick, like completely wiped out. You know, neither of us could even go to classes because we had just been through literally an astral resolution of, of life and death and killing each other, like this whole thing. Um, and the woman, Rachel, actually, I became my partner after, after a cycle of, you know, separating from her roommate and like dealing with that. And then like, you know, opening up to each other more and realizing that it was really important for us to go deeper with each other. And we spent a good four and a half years together through college and into those uh, later years. And, and then essentially, like, essentially, it was that led right up to my galactic contact experience um, in 2005. And it was that galactic contact experience was in many ways teed up through a massive releasing process with her and clearing process with her in which we essentially remembered this weaving done together of soul contract and unweaving it. And then we unlocked um, essentially galactic memory. And for me, I opened up to and began to remember other planets and remembered coming to this planet. For her, she like had all of these massive memories come through. She ended up cutting her hair, which was, you know, always down to her butt. And like, she, she moved to Ireland, started exploring other aspects of her sexuality. It was just this massive, you know, portals essentially opening. Um, and over those years with her and, and with our community, you know, I started documenting um, many, many, many people who we had these lifetimes with and experiences with. And, and then in 2005, around that galactic contact experience time, then suddenly it went into hyperdrive and I was going to Burning Man, for example. And at Burning Man, the level of synchronicity to draw you to people that you have some soul connection to is just amplified massively. I mean, you're in the middle of this empty, amazing, powerful desert where everybody is embodying their, their self, their soul self and their creativity and they're dressing like they would dress in past lives and things like that. So you can imagine the amplification of self-expression drawing people into connection. 
And, you know, and that's essentially led to me having probably at least a hundred people. I have one, you know, note in my phone that I keep going and eventually it will turn into a much, you know, larger document with written stories about each of these times. But I have uh, like 15, 16 lifetimes on there with each of them, 20 to 30 people, you know, and many, many overlaps across many of the lifetimes um, and essentially tracked my entire soul, like much of my soul family lineage, the people closest to me in every lifetime. And was able to assemble that as, as essentially a, a study. Yeah. Wow. So you found your soul group. You found like the people that you travel to every lifetime with. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know anybody yeah. else who's found this. And not everybody is there, you know. Um, some people were only in one or two of those lives. Others very frequently, you know. Um, and, and, you know, tracking back, it's, you know, part of it is that we had relationships on other worlds, in mm -hmm. other places. And those relationships created bonds so deep coming to new planets together, for example, you know, is something you, you just, you don't let go of. That's, I mean, you know, or you've been through a war with each other. You've been through a galactic war. You, you know, you've changed types, body types with each other. Like there are deep and profound things that we share as souls with each other that you'll never forget ever no matter how it's it's always a part of you even if you can't access it right now it's in you and you can open up that memory mm -hmm. it's so cool you've identified that many you know that's that's a little uncommon from what i understand you know, i think most people get glimpses or start to you know have a, an understanding of what may be the most um i guess important other lives are for this journey and that may be a handful you know but you've done some deep work on that and met so many people and i'm i'm curious because my understanding of our soul group is that that's that's a really tight bond because you're incarnating over and over and over with that same group and it's usually a smallish number do you know out of all of those people who are in that that tight soul group versus who are just other other beings you've happened to you know have experiences with yeah and the line is pretty fuzzy right because like for example um one of my dear friends she was my daughter in egypt for example and i i don't have much memory of her in any other time but the level of closeness that opened up between us when we had this memory and she saw me as her father and i saw her as my daughter and she sat on my lap and i remembered you know sitting on the side of the pyramid essentially like with her like in in this connection um those kinds of things are primordial bonds that you you can't shake um and other you know others are absolutely allies that i've had over and over and over again and the level of trust that i have in them is so deep and so profound like nothing could ever shake it um for example my primary business partner my cto and co-chairman of superliminal systems harlan wood like i have known him enough times that no matter what we've ever been through, and we've we've been through some hard stuff in this life, um, you know, my ex-wife and his 
wife like literally hated each other at one point and like how you deal with that like their karmic thing you know and us to maintain this bond and to be brothers through all of that um those kinds of things are uh i i can't i can't even i don't even have words to define the level of value that that has for me in my life and and there are particular brothers you know that in other times it was easier for us to be in alliance with each other because we lived in the same area. You know, we were, we're riding into battle together. We were armored together. We were like crafting strategies for kingdoms together, you know, and now they have a different path than me, you know, and we've chosen different ways of bringing our gifts to this life. And, it doesn't mean in any way that I feel any less love and connection for them. And it won't matter. I, if I if I see them one other time in this life, I will still love them and I will still care for them in the next, you know? Um, and same with sisters and lovers and, and my children from other times and my parents from other times, you know? Um, they're all precious. They're all gifts. Yeah. I love, I love that perspective. And I think it's just, you know, we get caught up in the drama of life and we get caught up in the drama of all of the, the patterns, right. That are continuing to play out that we're working to learn from and resolve and all of that. And it's so easy to let that get in the way of the, the connection and to appreciate the connection. And like what Sinead said earlier, that no matter what those connections are, whether we perceive them as good, bad, you know, in our lives, they all have value and they all are contributing to this, this just massive evolution that's occurring for the universe. And that ultimately is just this really amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah. I remember when I learned that um, people could volunteer to come back as really awful people in your life to help you. (laughs) And I was just like, whoa I mean that that really hit me I thought wow like what an act of compassion what an act of love you know and then for us to and being willing to go through the perhaps pain you know depending on the relationship of me saying you're you're I just want to say the a word right now you're like this bad word you're that bad word I don't want to be around you I hate you you know you're yucky whatever and they would have to deal with that rejection from me while having that soul memory knowing that they came in to help me that is just so incredible to me and so Adam I want to ask you something as well I've got so many questions but just touching back on you know when you were first coming onto this path and waking up and starting to all your questions and your seeking and observing that you had done in your younger years was starting to form into, uh, you know, solid theories and thoughts and words and vocabulary. Yeah. So you're, you're searching and you're looking for something that you know doesn't exist enough around you and you want to create more of that in your life. I'm paraphrasing for you, excuse me, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's no what I'm imagining you being, you know, between the age of 15 to 18 or so. So sure. So many people can relate to that feeling in this field. I think mostly can relate to that feeling of who am I? What am I doing here? What is this for? This is so confusing. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I don't understand why people behave this way. I don't know, understand why we treat the planet this way, why we treat animals this way. Yeah. How did you find your people? How did you find your home? How did you like how? Because I, I know I've heard many, many people through interviewing with Grant and even Jenna 
who are still seeking, you know, decades later, they just haven't quite found where they fit in all of this. And yeah. that could be for different reasons. How did you find your people, your tribe, your community and your professions as well? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. Um, you know, I didn't in high school. Um, I, 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 besides, you know, a couple bros, right. That I just happened to meet because grace, you know, life is grace, right. There's, there's always grace and, and, you know, by chance they knew each other. So it was like, there was this little tiny keyhole that lined up with my awakening that I had, you know, the right people to go through that with. I was really lucky in that way. Um, and I will never discount the fact that I also, I also was like seeking an answer, you know, like I wanted to freaking know what the is going on. Yeah. Why is, why do I feel like I'm being lied to all the time? by all this stuff. Like I, I was driven to figure it out. And that, that desire in me, that passion in me, that like interest in me, I think is a force that can call forth from life that what, which, which we're looking for. And the other thing is that, you know, I don't think that we, there's mistakes, right? Like I, I really don't. I, I think that everything is a lesson, you know, and, and we, we screw up sometimes big time. And those times when we screw up, there are big gifts also, yes. if we're really willing to look at it and accept them and take responsibility, have accountability for it. Yes. And, you know, I, I was almost went to Savannah college of art and design, you know, for 3d animation in college. And I had a scholarship. I had all the things, but even with the big scholarship, it was still too much for me and for my family to afford. And so what I do, I had a fallback and it was like, all right, I'm going to go to Asheville and go to UNCA. And I surrendered to that like shift. And if I hadn't, I wouldn't have ended up in the same dorms, you know, a couple floors away from Rachel and Shanna, you know, and like had this incredible series of of magical things happen by the way things like the fact that the girl the roommate that i was dating shanna and rachel were born on the same day within two hours of each other oh and my gosh. the other guy that this guy travis who was also our friend he he was hanging out with them too and the one night i started dating her roommate travis was there and he was hanging out with rachel and it turned out that Travis was born on the same day as me within two hours, the same what? year. Like we had the exact same charts, right? Yeah, this is like so, a multi-dimensional romance novel. Like you need to write a novel about this. Crazy. I mean, it's crazy, right? Like, like the universe gives us signs and signals, but often we won't even inquire deep enough to know what those are. Yeah. So that's one side. And then, then the final piece that I'll share is that, you have to be willing to take leaps into the unknown. Why do people not find others? Well, they're not even trying. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's true. If you go out to meet new people a lot, or you get in your car and you go across to some festival that you've never been to, 
just because you feel like you should go there. I mean, how many times do people be like, you know, I feel like I should go to San Francisco sometime, but I don't know. I'm busy. You know, like we, we have callings and impulses that are trying to guide us to the places where our soul family are, where the people are that we need to be around to fulfill our destiny. At Star Family Wisdom, we're experiencers of ET contact. That's right, we're in communication with ET beings we know as our star family. We've had lives in advanced civilizations, and we're here to be a bridge between the galactic community and you. And the galactic community can't wait to meet you. That's why we created the Meet the Star Races course. In this course, I teach you about the star races who are in contact with Earth right now. How do I know who the star races are? Well, my star family guided me to the information they want you to have. Just like all of the other information here at Star Family Wisdom, we bring you the wisdom and guidance that our ET friends want you to know. You'll learn about our true ancient history, why the ETs have been here on Earth, and what we can learn from our ET brothers and sisters. The star races are part of our history, and they're part of our future. Join the galactic community today with our Meet the Star Races course, and use the code GALACTIC at checkout to get 50% off. And what I see generally is that so many people say no to those. They, they don't believe they can. They fall back to parental patternings. They can't afford to move. Like, I, I know people that, that literally, they had no money at all, and they just started freaking hitchhiking, and, and they have no idea how they're even going to survive. And then, boom, synchronistic, boom, like, connection, doom, doom, soul family, hookup, thing, doom. And then all of a sudden, now, they're like, they're like they, they literally own huge pieces of property, and they're in land projects, and they're in, like, all of this incredible work in the world because they were willing to take that leap. They were willing to just say, you know what? This is what's most important to me is to find out who I am, why I'm here and who are my allies out there. And they jump off, they jump, they go. It's the leap of faith story. Yeah. And, and not everybody is willing to do it, but I would say that that, and, you know, listening and actually following the keys, following the impulses, sensing into the patterns, you know, and trusting that it's gonna work if you just go for it. Um, you're like reflecting, you're like reflecting back my last year. Adam, did I tell you that I moved to Sedona without having a house with just what was in my car? <laughs> no, but... Well then, done. Yeah, like I, I, I was getting the signs. I was getting the premonitions. It was like all, like all the synchronicities were happening, and I was yeah. like, I, I'm supposed to be there. Like, Star Family was coming through with guidance, you know. And I was like, okay, I just got to go. I just got to go and see what happens, and trust and surrender. How that worked out for you. Pretty good so far. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> here we are got to yeah we met there's been so much stuff right that's happened that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't have taken that leap of faith yeah 
Adam, I'm wanting to talk a little bit about why you came to earth. So we've talked about soul memories and all these other experiences that we've had out there. And we've, we've touched on some, you know, really important things, you know, that we're unpacking and working through on the planet. But if you boil it down to what is your mission? Why did you come? What's your mission here? Yeah, well, Earth specifically is a particular part of that lattice for me, um, which is really emergent from, I would say, my larger kind of universal mission, which essentially is to help awaken the sovereignty and divine gift in every being that I can, um, to remind people that they are infinitely beautiful streams of consciousness, infinitely individuated, um, and to provide a little counterbalance to the awakening processes that lead us to try to merge or essentially become undifferentiated in the whole and recognize that, that the perfection of God, the perfection of source, the perfection of whatever it is you want to call it, is is such that you can be infinitely you and different from everybody else and still be one, right? Mm -hmm. And that the both can be true. And they, in fact, they are. And that's the only way it is true because you're, you're never just going to be one in a way that's merged with everybody else. And then you no longer exist, right? You will exist. You are existing. You will continue to exist you know, avatars have personalities, mm -hmm. right? Like take any enlightened being ever on the planet and they have a particular way of being human, God as man or man as God or woman as God or woman as goddess, you know, like these are, you know, or any other gender as divinity expressed itself is perfect and is beautiful and is exactly the way it needs to be not like everything else, not as everything else. So there's a, that's, those are key parts of my sort of universal mission is helping people to understand that beauty to the infinite diversity and complexity and nature of being and being evolving. Um, now in my journeys across the galaxy, I found that earth is this incredibly beautiful planet where there's a potential for a heart awakening that I think is vastly important to the consciousness of the universe and to this galaxy. And that heart awakening is, is in many ways facilitated by the reality that humans and the nature of this particular genetic embodiment that exists here has this incredible capacity for change and transformation. We have this amazing ability to shift in so many different ways. And we also embody a vast, vast diversity as one species. Mm -hmm. And so that right there maps to my universal mission. I mean, it is literally embodiment of it. How, are, how can we be ultimately so diverse and be together? as one species and be the same species, but be so different and so complex and so beautiful. And I have seen 
this species become part of this galactic community in such an exquisite way and help to heal ancient wounds and restore new ways of being together and new kinds of arts and new kinds of expression that you know only humans you know can pull off like somehow our little alchemies you know made jazz you know like it's and made like certain kinds of you know music and art forms and expressions and, and all of these things culture that is so beautifully perfect and individuated and doesn't exist out there anywhere else like there are similar things and completely different things but it's really special and i i know that i came here because i want there to be a reunion of the souls that are here incarnated as humans and those that have been here for thousands or hundreds of thousands or you know years back earth rootsy earth consciousnesses let's just call them um to become part of this greater community this greater galactic community and bring their gifts to that community and um and so the the lenses that i have done that work through to help us transition to becoming an interstellar species, a galactic species, have taken on different forms at different times in my life. And at first, the first and, and primary form that I realized when I was in high school is that one of the ways that I will help to enable doing that is to bridge science and spirituality. It's one of my foundational missions on this planet is to help people understand that they're not these things are deeply interconnected, right? Like this is about understanding who we are. Um, and, and that you, you can't really have metaphysics. That's not physics. Like physics is metaphysics, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a different, like focal point, a focal dimension of, of physics itself or multi-dimensions as it may be. Um, and, and then over time, you know, my science and spirituality interweave has come through a variety of, of progressions and evolutions. And it became very clear to me um, at some points that I'm also meant to implement certain technologies on this planet. And those technologies are designed to augment consciousness and support science and spirituality being understood as a whole and uh and essentially help build the enlightened structures as my co-chairman harlan and i like to call them that can support humanity making the transitions to being this kind of galactic species and identifying for others what those key technologies are helping them see them know them understand them get a better sense of how important their work is if it's if they're connected to them um, and, uh, and, you know, as a Syrian starship engineer, you know, I'm down to also help us build the superluminal drives necessary to travel faster than light and travel to other planets. So I'll help us in those transitions when we get to that stage, shotgun. um, coming soon. <laughs> I just shotgun. Like <laughs> <laughs> I already claimed shotgun. Didn't I claim shotgun the other day, Adam? <laughs> There's plenty of seeds. Don't worry. We're good. We got this. We got this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so there. I can't wait. I just can't wait to get back up there again. Mm. Yeah. I miss it. Mm. I miss it a lot. I have a lot of visualizations of just floating around in space and it's incredibly 
I don't feel more at home anywhere else than I feel just floating around up there. Like that's really, yeah. And I think so many people relate to that, right? That feeling of there's just something weird about this place. We're not really from here and we want to look up and we want to go somewhere else because we feel like we don't really belong. But I really appreciate the message you're giving Adam, which is that we need to put the work in, you know, to remember we have to take action and yeah. not just wonder, not just think, but explore with action, explore with intention. And uh, that is so true. I mean, it really is in my own case, I can relate to that very, very much that even when we fall off the path, so-called, you got to get back on, you have to pick yourself back up and just keep questioning, keep looking, keep exploring and remain true to what you know is in there somewhere. Even if you have no idea what it is, yeah. you know it's your true self that you need to find. And you represented that so beautifully here. I really appreciate the way you spoke about all these topics today. Thank you. Yeah. yeah really, really wonderful. And I think people are going to take a lot out of this, don't you think, Jenna? I think so too. And I, I really appreciate, Adam, your perspective of you know, bringing all of these big concepts and this understanding of how things work in our universe down to earth. And you talk about taking action and how can we, how can we channel our energy, our memories, our gifts into ways we can make this planet better and prepare this planet for that galactic travel that will happen at some point in our future, in our lifetimes. So I think you are doing incredible work and I'm just so thrilled to bring you to our audience and we didn't even get into all the details of your work so if you if you want to share more of that at some point we'd love to have you back and I also love how you talked about sovereignty and really understanding our uniqueness and the necessity of coming together as a whole and I think it would be beautiful to have some more conversation on that topic and to talk about you know, again, just bringing it down to earth, you know, how do we apply that concept in our lives right now in our communities, in our countries um, for the greater good? So let's have some more conversations in the future. That sounds great. I'd be honored. It was an absolute pleasure. Wonderful. We'll definitely have you back. And to everyone who's listening, we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. We really loved having Adam here. And as usual, please like, subscribe, share with your friends and family, spread the word about what is really going on on Earth, which is really a, a huge pervasive human evolution process. And we all want to participate in that and do the best that we can. So Adam is someone who brings you valuable information. We're going to be putting ways that you can find him and learn more about him and his work in the show notes. But please, please like and subscribe. That really is the key. Share with your friends. Come back and tell us what you thought. Share your comments and your questions. And we will bring Adam again for more. So for now, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Jenna, for being a wonderful co-host as always. And uh, I just love doing this together. It just makes my day every day. Just have to say that again. <laughs> so goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Bye for now. Bye.